Welcome, welcome everyone to the Friday, June 18th American Nomad podcast. I am your host, the American Nomad, Ralph Holly. Good to have you with us. Uh, just going to be talking a little bit today about a new social media app that's out there. Uh, some of you may have seen me jump on the bandwagon for the audio app called Clubhouse. Uh, I jumped on that app. I got an invite. It's invite only still to this day. Originally, it was a app only for Apple uh, iPhone users. Uh, recently, it opened up to Android users. So it, the app's kind of been flooded by a lot of Android users. Uh, but I signed up back in, I signed up February 1st after Elon Musk, I guess, was on the app in uh he got a lot of notoriety and a lot of uh, he got a lot of press because Elon Musk uh, did a held a room on there and did a uh, you know like a conference on uh, Clubhouse. So I'm sure some of you that follow me on my Instagram have seen me promoting Clubhouse in the last few months, but you haven't seen me promoting anything for probably the last two months, two and a half months, because I haven't really been on Clubhouse. And I'm going to get into that and why. But before we get into that, let's talk about the simple fact that not yesterday, but day before a new app was launched that is actually a rival to Clubhouse and it is called Green Room and Green Room, unlike Clubhouse, which is like a little uh, mom and pop startup app, I guess, by two CEOs. I haven't really looked into the workings. I know Paul, one of the guys I've been in the rooms he spoke in, he's like one of the, he's one of the creators of Clubhouse and uh, he holds like a weekly town hall on Sunday mornings, I believe at 10 a.m. if I remember correctly. But I, uh, I really was into, hey, Matilda, good to see you. So good to see you here, Matilda. So um, hopefully Random Nomad shows up. I saw he commented on the last video that he was busy and didn't get on. But anyway, Clubhouse, um, I got really immersed in Clubhouse when it first, uh, or not when it first, but back after Elon kind of made it, uh, it's so good to have you back, Matilda. i got freaking, I need to shave, I guess. I think I have a hair, hair on my mouth. Um, I guess Clubhouse, uh, you know, got a lot of notoriety after Elon Musk was on there. So we're talking, Matilda, we're talking a little bit about these social media apps, these new social media apps that are uh, audio apps, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, one of them has been around for a little over a year called Clubhouse. It's invite only. Uh, when I first got an invite to it, I blew it off. My friend, Anna, that's actually been a hey, random nomad. You did make it awesome, brother. You know, buddy, I have, uh, I've got to email you. I have a tracking number for your headset. If you haven't got it yet, should be there any day. Uh, anyway, uh, talking a little bit about this new, these new audio apps. Uh, the older one is called clubhouse. The more established one is called clubhouse. And, uh, Elon Musk was actually on there, like I said, uh, in the end of January, I guess, I believe. So I signed up, I think January 31st, but it put my date as February 1st of signing up for there. But when I first got on there, or I actually had gotten an invite because it's an invite only app. And my friend Anna had sent me an invite months, like back in the summertime, like, uh, this time of 2020. 
And, uh, I just kind of blew it off. I didn't, you know, I'm like, I don't need another social media. It was called clubhouse. I didn't really get the concept, like what it's another competitor for Facebook or it's another knockoff of Twitter. I'm not sure, you know, I don't even keep up with Twitter or Facebook that much anymore. So I just didn't really pay it that much attention. And then my friend Sissy Lee ended up giving me an invite, or I actually asked her about it because after Elon Musk was on there, I was like, I texted Sissy because I'd seen her promoting it. I'm like, what the hell is this clubhouse thing all about? And she's like, well, it's invite only, uh, but I can get you an invite and get you on. So I got on just to see what it was all about. And immediately I was freaking addicted to it. It's so different than any other social media. I believe it's probably the future of social media. Uh, if MySpace was version 1.0 and then Facebook was version 1.5 and then Twitter and Instagram and all of those are like version 1.7, 1.8. Now you got version 2.0, which is Clubhouse. And now this brand new app that just launched a couple of days ago called Green Room. Uh, and green room is basically just a, it's, it's almost a carbon copy of clubhouse in many ways. They work almost identical. Uh, but crazy thing about it is the craziest thing about uh, green room is it is actually backed by a huge corporation, which is called Spotify. So the green room app is owned and operated by Spotify. Unlike Clubhouse, that's just kind of, uh, you know, been able to get like independent uh, financing and stuff like that. Green Room has a huge corporation behind it to really push it and make it something that it really could be. Now, a lot of us jumped on Clubhouse because we saw it as like going to be like the next big thing. We thought it was going to be the next big thing. And a lot of people spent a lot of time on there because they wanted to be like the next influencer on Clubhouse. Uh, and the problem with that is there ended up being lots and lots of people on Clubhouse portraying themselves as something that they really were not. Uh, it ended up being like beauty gurus and life coaches and mental health advocates and, you know, just watered it down to the point where it just wasn't very fun for me anymore. So a couple of months ago, I mean, there was actually some toxic stuff on there, uh, because of the way the thing is set up. So if somebody creates a room, say I create a room on clubhouse and Matilda shows up, random nomad shows up, I can make them moderators. So you kind of get this little high school click thing going on. And then somebody might come in the room that I don't like. So I tell Matilda and Random Nomad, don't invite them up on the stage. I don't want them up here to speak. And it just turned into a lot of drama, uh, reminded me a lot of high school. So I kind of got off of Clubhouse. I stopped promoting it. Uh, and believe me, I was spending hours a day on that app, which was another problem because I wasn't being productive. I missed doing the podcast because I wouldn't get my ass off of Clubhouse because I was having these deep, deep conversations that don't pay you any money. And that was the problem is a lot of people were putting in time on Clubhouse because they thought like YouTube or Instagram or even TikTok that the owners were going to set at some point 
to where you could monetize it and actually try to make a little bit of money off of it being an influencer. So you had this big competitive race between all of these people, uh, this circle of people on clubhouse to actually try to become the next big clubhouse influencer. And the thing that really rubbed me or didn't rub me the wrong way, just didn't set well with me. And I thought it was kind of douche canoe ish is you had a lot of people on there that would betray themselves as something. And then when you went, they'd be a big, somebody they'd be hosting a room on clubhouse and Oh, they're a, they're a clubhouse celebrity. They're a clubhouse star. And they would be talking about, I don't know, let's, say they're talking about technique or gaming chairs, you know what I mean? Just as, just as an example. Uh, and you think, Oh, they're a gaming ex, they're a gaming chair expert. I got to listen to them because I've been wanting to buy a new gaming chair. Let's see what they have to say. And then you go in there and you kind of listen to their lingo and you're like, I don't know, man, they don't sound like they, I have a technique sport I've had for a couple of years and they don't even really seem like they know the brands of the major gaming chair network, you know, uh, manufacturers. And that a lot of these manufacturers just, have their chairs made in China and then just put their name on them. So they're all the same chair, you know what I mean? Uh, and then some of the chairs are actually really higher end chairs like Technisport, Streamlabs, uh, is it Streamlabs? Streamlabs, not Streamlabs, that's what this is. Yes, no, Streamlabs. Streamlabs is a nice gaming chair. As a matter of fact, I almost got one of those instead of a Technisport. And then there's a respawn that's kind of like that Chinese uh, smaller chair. Hey, Monster John, what's going on, buddy? We're talking about the new uh, social media app. And I know you don't do social media, so this is probably not your conversation. But there's a new social media app. There's a couple of them that are uh, their audio apps. One of them is called Clubhouse, and it's invite only. So when I first got invited to Clubhouse, Elon Musk had just been on there. And it was basically a lot of people that were influencers and leaders in their profession. Uh, there were a lot of people that were pretty high up in their careers. Uh, you had people, you had to be invited. So it's kind of like you had to be somebody to be on there. And a couple of days ago, a new app launched and it's called Green Room. And it is actually owned and operated by Spotify. You don't need an invite. All you have to do is go to your app store and download it. It's a completely different experience than any other social media experience you've ever experienced. I can promise you that. But the problem with Clubhouse was you just had a lot of people that were portraying themselves on Clubhouse as something that once you dug around in there, you know, they talk about or you that you looked at their their bio and they would say they're an actor or they're this or they're a sportswear model or whatever. And then you start looking around and you're like, wait a minute, you work at some fucking insurance company and freaking oh, I forgot my beeper. Uh, you work at some freaking insurance. You work at some freaking insurance company in Florida. Like what kind of model are you or what kind of actor are you? What have you ever acted in? And then you find out they've done like some little short film for like their friends or something. And so you're like, yeah, you know, so there's a lot of that going on in clubhouse and uh, which I'm hoping with green room, cause I kind of got off clubhouse. So I'm hoping with green room that it is more of an industry leader application. I think a lot of those people that blew up and became so-called influencers on clubhouse I hope they stay on Clubhouse and you have people that are actually really industry leaders in the in the fields that they're portraying themselves to be industry leaders. I'm hoping that's what we get on uh, Green Room. And I'm I was almost late 
uh, running the show today because I actually was on Green Room and I ended up meeting an artist on there. His name is Patrick Kearns. Patrick Kearns. Let me see if I can find his YouTube channel again. And uh, he's a musical artist. Uh, yeah, Patrick Kearns in London. And we had a very long conversation and he ended up, uh, he was kind of looking for some career advice about the industry. And he actually even had his manager, uh, his manager actually came into the room. He has a new manager he's had for about a month. And uh, we just, you know, talked about some steps that he needs to make uh, that's lacking that I can see is lacking a lot. Uh, I'm going to put the uh, link to his YouTube channel. He's a very talented young man. He's got a great voice, uh, but he's just kind of doing the things he wants to do for his career and not putting in the work of the things he has to do to get to where he wants to be as a musician. So I talked to his manager for, we talked for, uh, Patrick and I probably talked for about two hours, two and a half hours. Uh, when I was supposed to do being, when I was supposed to be doing pre-production for this show, I was talking to him in the room, but I love taking young artists like that because I can see the potential of doing a uh, producing EPing his music video, which I've done before. And I'm always looking for young music artists that are really good that I could actually, you know, if they're good enough, I can get the funding together, hopefully, and crew up a crew to produce, uh, executive produce their music video. So uh, hopefully he will be able to, uh, you know, get those, get those necessary things in steps so uh, he can get there. But I met him on Green Room. And so, you know, it's a great place for networking and talking to industry leaders and stuff like that. And that was my problem with Clubhouse is people pretended they were industry leaders. But once you dug into their background a little bit, uh, you would find out right away that they've never industry led anything. You know what I mean? They're freaking saying there's some big executive producer for some music group or music company. And then, you know, you find out, oh, shit, they got to be at work at freaking Taco Bell, you know, at seven. So that really turned me off to Clubhouse. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that are absolutely 100% legit on Clubhouse. But the problem is, is they usually don't get the notoriety that the people that are pretending they're somebody do. And uh, that really rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, Random Nomad, you're just finishing up work. Uh and Matilda, how is your day today? When are you moving to Tennessee, Matilda? Oh, you're working now? It was buffering, but but working now. Oh, crap. Yeah, I didn't know that. So you guys didn't even hear anything I said. Let me do an internet, internet speed test. Another thing, uh, or one thing I can talk about, or I should say is, oh no, man, or my, uh, the download speed's great. Let's see what my, uh, which doesn't matter. It's the upload speed you need for streaming. Let's see what my upload speed is. Hopefully, oh no, it's 10. Yeah, it should be good. So I must've just had a lull. It's up to 11 megabytes per second, which is very good. I mean, it's, that's completely decent. Uh, anything over six. Uh, should be okay. So I must've just had a lull in my internet there. Oh, you heard it all random nomad. Okay, great. Good to hear that. But anyway, so yeah. Uh, so I was going to tell you Matilda random nomad. I don't know, you know, um, uh, 
you might download Green Room. Download Green Room from Spotify and just uh, you know, see what you think of it. It's gonna be there's a good there's a good possibility it's gonna be the next big thing. And um, you know, it's kind of a gem. You can give gems away on Green Room. And um I was gonna post a link to it. Let's see. Yeah, here we go. So um let me see if I can share this. Hmm. It's a big ass link. Should be like a share. But um let's see tweet maybe. Look at tweeting it. Nope, that's not it. Let me see if I can share this link. It's gonna be you don't like Spotify. I'm not a huge fan of Spotify either, but it's owned by Spotify. I'm just hoping uh they can uh you know, that they can work out some of the things that Clubhouse never did. Clubhouse had some major design flaws and some major issues that caused a lot of problems. And there was a lot of feedback given to the people that controlled and that was doing uh, Clubhouse and they never did anything about it. I mean, months and months and months went by. Um, Matilda says, let's see. Matilda says, hopefully soon, looking for a place there now. My partner is there now in an apartment looking to buy a house. Tough market there. You know, I was just talking to my other friend, Merrill, who used to be my neighbor here in California when I lived, when I have a, had a loft in downtown Long Beach. She had a loft right next to me. And she was a software, uh, she was a software designer who actually worked on the original Call of Duty as a software programmer. And then she ended up leaving there and she went to work for John Deere tractors and she was programming these auto systems for these tractors. So they self drive themselves all over my head. She's basically what I'm saying is she's a freaking brainiac. Uh, but when I moved in next to her, she had two Ducati motorcycles, I think maybe one Ducati. And then she got another one. And then it was funny because I always rode Harley's. Uh, and I had, a, I had a Harley and I remember she first saw my Harley and I could tell she was not impressed at all because she was all into her Dukes and how fast they were. And, you know, she was all about her Ducatis and it was funny because we lived together or together beside each other's neighbors for uh, a couple of years. And one day, one night, it was funny because I was out just in downtown Long Beach and she texts me and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, I'm like down here and, you know, getting ready or just finished dinner or whatever. And then she calls me and she's like, Hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, nothing. She goes, Hey, will you want to do me a favor? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what is it? Probably. I mean, I'll probably do it. Like, what is it? And she goes, well, I bought something. You'll never guess what it is. And I went, you bought a Harley. And sure enough, she goes, oh, my God. Yeah, I sure did. And she goes, she's like, can you, I, I just need a, I need a ride to go get it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll come get you and we'll go get it. So, uh, and plus she didn't know anything about Harleys as far as riding them. I've been riding them for, you know, even at that time for, since I was 19, I got my first Harley when I was 19. So uh, I went and picked her up and we jetted over and she picked up her brand new Harley. And she rode it like she stole it on the way back. And I talked to her the other day and she said that it's the most reliable bike she's ever had. And I kind of laughed to myself because my first Harley was 
probably the most unreliable. It was, it was the most unreliable bike I ever had, but it was an old 69 XLCH iron head. So that was part of the problem with a three inch rake on it chopper. Um, but anyway, uh, she's in Georgia now. She moved to, she relocated to Georgia. She quit being a software engineer and started being a boot maker. She, it was funny when she lived next to me, we had these big lofts and she started having like freight companies deliver these huge machines. And she filled up the whole bottom floor of her loft with these ginormous machines. I was like, what in the hell is all this stuff? And she goes, it's for boots. I was like, oh, and she goes, I'm going to learn to be a boot maker. And so my dad is like an old Western cowboy in Texas, and he has custom boots made. Some of them are $1,700 a pair. And I don't know, I, I looked at like four pair one day and he goes, well, you know, that's like $4,000 sitting there. I was like, that's insane for a pair of damn cowboy boots uh, that they're that expensive for a pair. But anyway, he has these special or these custom boots made. Work boots. I'm not talking about like going out on the town boots. He has just regular work boots made uh, and they're like $1,200 a pair, $1,500 a pair. But anyway, um, Meryl told me she was going to become a boot maker. And I was like, you know, I hear people telling me they're going to do this and they're going to do that a lot. And it was funny because I knew as, as smart as she was, I knew how smart she was, but she was like a brainy, like a nerd, like a computer cute. She's a cute girl. Don't get me wrong. She's not like a unattractive nerdy girl. She's actually really cute. But, um, she was saying she was going to start making boots. And I told her, I was like, I've been to my dad's where they make his boots. And I know the guy that makes his boots and how long he's been doing it and how complicated it is to make a pair of boots. And she was just making it sound like she was just going to start making boots tomorrow. And I was like, Meryl, I was like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like a craft that people have to learn to do, dude, to make boots. And she goes, I know, but I think I can do it. And I was like, okay. So she's buying all this freaking, these expensive machines. Like they're like 10 grand a piece uh, to make boots. And she ends up getting all the equipment in the, her loft. And then she starts her first pair of boots and she gets like the tops of them made. And then she quits. And I was like, yep. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. And I would see her, you know, coming home. I'd say, Hey, did you get out? You get any further on your boots? No, I still just did the tops. I, I'm taking a break. I was like, okay. I was like thinking to myself, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Uh, she bought all that equipment and she's never going to make any boots. Wrong, wrong. That girl today supports herself by being a boot maker. She makes boots. It took her about a year, year and a half, maybe not that long. I can't remember exactly how long it was. It seemed like it was a while, but she got that first pair of boots made. She wasn't real proud of them. I thought they looked great, but she picked out all the problems with them, I guess. Like I said, I thought they looked great. They're like a designer, you know, they're like a foo-foo. They're not like a regular, regular boot. She makes these really, uh, you know, she's kind of a hippie chick. She makes these like, very eccentric boots, but they sell for a lot of money. So she sells, she, that's what she does now. And she moved to Georgia and she was telling me that she was looking for a place in like uh, New Mexico. She wanted to re relocate to New Mexico. And uh, she was saying the market is crazy expensive in Santa Fe. So she's looking like in the Albuquerque mountains outside of Albuquerque, but the market's crazy over there. 
So it seems like the market is crazy everywhere, which is what's crazy is you think after a pandemic and people couldn't pay their rent, you think the market would be right the opposite. You think there would be total lots of abandoned places and people would be trying to give these abandoned places away. But evidently it's completely different. It's uh, a lot of people moving from these larger cities, metropolitan areas like Los Angeles and New York into these more rural, smaller cities and uh, causing the markets there to the real estate markets to skyrocket. Anyway, let's get back into the chat, see what you guys have to say. So Random Nomad says, speaking of a Harley, speaking of a Harley, a buddy of mine just inherited a 1957 Harley. I think it's a panhead, not sure. If it's a 57, it's more than likely a panhead. Uh, yep. It's, uh, if it's a little older, I'd say it's probably a knucklehead. But yeah, 57, I'm pretty sure that's probably a panhead. And if he inherited, that's a really nice bike. Don't know what kind of shape it's in. Is it like a running Harley or is it like a barn find or um, Matilda says it's the low interest rates. Yeah, but uh, the interest rates from the Fed, from what I read a couple of days ago, are getting ready to like almost double. What are they right now? 1.4 or something like that. And I heard they're supposed to go to like 3.4, 2.4 or something. So to kind of uh, to level off this inflation that's coming this uh, hyperinflation. I don't know. We'll have to see. You can read everything and then it goes to completely different. Matilda says, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the market. Once the government forbearance. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just talking about. Matilda uh, grants. New Mexico is a cool place up in the mountains. Yeah. There's some uh, Taos is nice. Grant uh, grant is nice. Um, I love Santa Fe. As a matter of fact, Santa Fe is one of my favorite cities in the United States. My aunt lives in Santa Fe. I used to go spend summers, uh, when I was in junior high school there at my aunt's in Santa Fe. So I have a love for Santa Fe. I usually, anytime I'm traveling across, uh, from LA to Texas to visit family or something, I'll probably, I usually spend a couple of days in Santa Fe cause I love Santa Fe. It was so funny. The last time I was in Santa Fe was probably, man, it was when I went to Texas, 2015, maybe 2016, 2015, 2016, 2015 or 2016, I guess. And, uh, had a really good time. It was funny because I ended up in Santa Fe and this girl that I talked to, um, I ended up was in Santa Fe and I posted something and, uh, her name is Holly. I used to, I tease her. I always told her I was going to marry her and make her take my last name. And that way she would, her name would be Holly Holly because my last name's Holly. Get it. And her first name's Holly and they're spelt exactly the same. So I said, I'm going to marry you and, you know, make you change your name to my last name. And, uh, but her last name is Valverde. And the funny thing about it is we grew up together. Uh, we were kids. I've known that girl since she was in like the third grade, maybe second, third, fourth grade, third grade, probably. Mm, how old was she? I was in junior high. I was in eighth grade and she was probably in fourth or fifth grade. I'm a few years older than she is. Uh, but I used uh, her she has an older sister named Sharon that was one or two years older than I am. 
And both of those girls were, well, Holly was a little young, but her older sister, Sharon was gorgeous. So when I was in, you know, eighth grade and Sharon was, I think in ninth or 10th grade, I mean, I was like, whew, she was pretty. And then Holly, you could see she was going to grow up to be really pretty as well. She was just young at that time. But anyway, Holly grew up and, uh, I was in Santa Fe and I posted something on Snapchat or something and I got an instant message and it was Holly. And she's like, where are you at? I'm like, I'm in Santa Fe. She goes, you're in Santa Fe. I was like, and we're, and she's from Texas, like where I grew up, like up out around Lubbock is where she lives. Uh, in Dallas, she lived in Dallas as well. I think at one time, but anyway, she messaged me and, uh, I mean, I, we follow each other on Facebook and stuff, but we don't keep up with each other constantly. I usually tease her and give her a hard time on Facebook, but, um, she goes, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm in Santa Fe. And, uh, I figured she was going to say something like, well, are you going to be coming through like Lubbock or anything? And she goes, oh my God, you're in Santa Fe. I was like, yeah. She goes, well, guess where I am? I'm like, I don't know. She's like, I'm in Santa Fe. I was like, what? I hadn't seen this girl since she was, like I said, in like the fifth or sixth grade. Maybe we had seen each other a couple of times, maybe in high school age, but I hadn't seen her since we were kids, except through social media, Facebook, because we found each other, you know, like you do find old schoolmates and stuff through Facebook. So she's like, I'm in Santa Fe. I was like, oh my God. So like we ended up meeting and going out in Santa Fe and having dinner and drinks. And it was just a fun time. We had a really fun time catching up. So uh, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. I lost my train of thought. But uh, yeah, I love, oh, I was just talking about Santa Fe. I love Santa Fe. That was the last time I was in Santa Fe. I had such a good time there. I've had so many good times in Santa Fe. Little tidbit of information that, I don't know if I want to put that out there because uh might have family watch this. Uh, I lost my virginity in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Bounce. Wow. Wow. My freaking voice changer is not working again. What the freak, dude? This thing pisses me off. Uh, let me see if I can fix it really quick because it's irritating me that it's not working. Oh, it's not working because I ain't got it freaking turned on. That's probably why it's not working. Now I bet it works. Let's see. And now I should sound like a baby. Let's see. Now I should sound like a demon. And now I should sound like T Pain. Now I got some music going. So I don't know if this thing works right. I don't know if this thing works right with uh, StreamYard. So if you guys can hear my voice changer, let me know. Or is it still just my voice? Because I hear the voice changer, but I don't know that you guys can. And now we're a baby again. Oh, it's working. Is it pretty annoying, Matilda? All right, back to my voice. I like to have this voice. Oh, now I have an echo. <laughs> Uh, there we go. I like having the voice changer on because if I want to say that I have a bleeper, I can say you. That's what I like about the voice changer. And then I have this. I love this. It won't. It, I don't know if it'll work on here. It works on my. Let's see if it'll work. Nope. 
only works on my Twitch stream because it's uh, embedded into my OBS. Uh, Random Nomad says, I fell behind like a minute now. I'm caught up. All good, Random Nomad. You still at work, buddy? The beeper works? Great. So I can say, you. That's what that was. I went, I bought this. When I got the stream deck, there's this thing called voice. What is it called? Voice mod. And it's like 30 bucks or whatever. It's not that expensive. But I mean, I was like, I don't need a freaking this stupid like i don't really need this baby voice or this echo voice or any of these voices uh but then it said it had a beeper and it had a horn so i was like oh yeah yeah i'm getting it so i bought it for those two things mostly uh and i love i love the stream deck just uh, half the time the damn thing doesn't work oh you're home no random nomad good for you buddy I'm going to uh, I'm going to email you, Random Nomad. Your uh, I'm going to email you your your tracking number for your headphones that I sent you. Just so you know, I'm going to flash this kind of quick. Can't see it. Can't see it. Anyway, that's your shipping label, Random Nomad. Can't see it. I don't want everybody to see because I don't want to send me your address. But I was just showing you that. It did finally, they did get sent out. So keep an eye out. They should be there any day. I think it said that their estimated delivery was the 21st though. So I, I, I chose the cheapest option. It was funny because the first option that came up was $46 shipping. I was like, what the, what the, and then uh, I was like, oh, I looked down and the bottom one was like five bucks. I was like, oh, okay, there we go. Um, uh, so hopefully you'll get those. Uh, did you get Call of Duty downloaded yet, buddy? Because, you know, I, I sent these headphones for reasons, remember? I know your internet's not the greatest, though, where you're at. What I want to do, I don't know if John is still in here. My, uh, my buddy, John, Monster John 7365 he's on... Uh, He's on Twitch as well. And uh, what I want to do is I actually want to, uh, you don't have to worry about a random nomad. Just know it takes a long time to do it, dude. If you don't have good internet or fast internet, it's going to take you a minute. It'll take, the best way to do it is to go to sleep and leave it downloading. Do you have an Xbox or a PlayStation or a computer? I don't know what you're going to download on. Oh, you're going to be getting Battlefield once it comes out? Yeah, it's getting ready. Battlefield 2020-42, or what's it called? Yeah, Battlefield 2020-2042. It looks, I can't wait for it to come out either. I'm actually, I've never played Battlefield, but I've actually been thinking about uh, downloading like Battlefield 4, because you can get it on stream for like 19 bucks. OPS 4, sweet, dude. Yeah, we can play. So anyway, my my advice to you is just uh, turn your stuff on and let it start downloading when you go to bed. And that way, when you wake up, hopefully it'll all be downloaded. Because even on PC, dude, it takes like six hours, seven, eight hours to download it. Uh, it's over 100 gigs. So, yeah, 2042. How, what size of PlayStation hard drive do you have? My Xbox had 500 gigabytes, and I thought that was going to be big enough. No, not big enough. 
with these games that are over 100 gigabytes now. Matilda's like, oh, God, please don't start talking about games. Uh, Matilda says, fun fact, Chattanooga has extremely fast internet. It's supposed to be the fat. Really? Jesus, I'm moving to Chattanooga then. I could do my, because I could, but the housing market is crazy there, right? Damn. Uh, I looked at Kansas. I was actually thinking about moving to freaking Kansas, dude, because you can get a place there so freaking cheap. Uh, you have a terabyte. Oh, you have plenty. If you have a terabyte, then you have plenty of room. Yeah, I'm probably going to do the Battlefield 2042 as well. Uh, is it going to be, I don't know if it's going to be a pay game or if it's going to be like Warzone that's free. It's better actually if they pay, because if you pay, you don't get all the riffraff that you get with a free game. Like with Warzone, as much as I love Warzone, there's a element of Warzone players that are the same element of douchebag clubhouse users uh, that I just despise on Warzone, but there's nothing you can do about it because it's a free game. So anybody can play it, but like modern warfare, uh, you play that and you don't get as much of that riffraff because it's like 50 bucks or whatever. And I just play, I just bought uh black ops like, uh, maybe a month ago now. And Dude, I've played Warzone, I've played Warzone, I've played Warzone, and I've gotten really good in Season 2. I almost reached level 400, uh, and I haven't played Season 4. It just came out like two or three days ago, and I just keep putting it off, putting it off, because I've been doing so many other things. But I need to get on to do the Season 4 and get started But uh, on Warzone. But I played Black Ops the other day, dude, and I was murdering. I was murking people, man. I think because I've played so much Call of Duty Warzone uh, that when I got on Black Ops, the people on there just, I guess, they they randomly play. So, like, we played, like, Gun Game, which is where you change, you have to kill somebody and the gun changes. I won. I won right off the bat. Like right off, like I was like, oh, wow. Um, Matilda goes, they'd come into work exhausted because they played all night. Let's see. Some of the company claims, some of the company claims when I was working, when I was working, guys at work would get into the big arguments over Call of Duty. They'd come into work exhausted because they played all night. That's me, man. That's me. That's my freaking sleep schedule is so screwed up because, uh, dude, I've played all night. Uh, funny, I played with my buddy Monster John, so I was going to talk about Monster John. I don't know if he's still in here. I'm on StreamYard, so I can't see my Twitch streams if he's still. It shows I got one person on Twitch, so I think he's still in here. Um, but I, um, where's my phone at? I ended up... Um, when I first started on call of duty or not, I didn't first start, uh, when I started playing and actually playing with other people and kind of meeting and talking to other people, once I got a decent mic or once I got a mic that I could work. Cause when I first started playing call of duty, I didn't have a mic. I didn't have a headset or, I mean, I had a headset, but it didn't have a mic on it. So I would just play and not talk to anybody. And then finally, uh, people were asking me like, dude, you got a mic, you got a mic. And I was like, I guess I need to get a mic. So I had a mic 
that wasn't a gaming mic. It's just a regular mic. And I finagled it to get it to work so I could play Call of Duty and actually talk to people. And John, Monster John, was one of the first people I met playing. We kind of hit it off one day when not playing Call of Call of Duty. And Monster John at that time was like 12 years old or something like that. And uh, he's in Canada. And we kind of like lost contact after the pandemic because uh, I had to move and I didn't play for a couple of months because I was in between offices or studios. And so I just lost contact with him. And then uh, his name, his gamer tag was something else. It wasn't Monster John back then. And then lately I kept getting these requests to join a game with Monster John. And I was like, I don't know who the hell that is. Uh, so I would always deny it. And then I got a request the other day and I was looking for somebody to play with. So I was like, ah, oh, screw it. Let's see who this John is. So I clicked on uh, join game and it ended up being John, the 12 year old kid I used to play with back in the day. Uh, we used to have a lot of fun. It was funny. And now he's 15, I think, and sounds like a man. I didn't even recognize his voice. I was like, is this John I used to play with from Canada? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God. And he's got TT, uh, uh, TTV in his name, which means Twitch TV in your in your tag. So I was like, are you stream you stream on Twitch as well? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, holy crap. So he put a little, he put a foursome together from a couple other streamers that he knows. And we ran freaking Battle Royale. I think in the third game we won, uh, which was amazing. So yeah, he's a good kid. And uh, another one of those, you know, where you meet people through the freaking internet, dude. And he's just been, I, I consider him a good friend and I couldn't even tell you what he looks like, but we've talked for, you know, we've run playing Warzone. We've talked for hours. It's crazy. But I, I think I'm going to start probably streaming some, even though I stream Warzone, I think I may start streaming some Black Ops because uh, uh, when I first started doing the Black Ops, when I first got Black Ops, not I'm not going to lie, not a big fan. It seems kind of clunky compared to like Warzone. Oh, wow. I just started the, I wanted to monitor my, uh, I sometimes like to just use my phone to monitor, monitor my stream. That's what I do when I'm streaming game streaming. And I don't know why I don't do it uh, on uh, just when I'm streaming my podcast. That way I would know if it's like buffering and stuff because I would see it. Anyway, uh, oh, sales, we got six people watching. Man, I felt famous again. I remember when we used to have 20, 25, 33, 35. Man, my podcast has really went to, oh, crap. Hip, shit. I hit the wrong button. Have you looked into Wolfenstein? I looked at that the other day, random nomad. Uh, were you in here when I was talking about I just downloaded Doom 2016? That game, the graphics are freaking amazing, dude. I love the graphics in that game, but it's not really a multiplayer. Uh, it's just kind of a, uh, you know, run and shoot, run and gun, run and shoot them. You know what I mean? But anyway, uh, yeah, poor Matilda's like, please stop talking about the games. Modern technology is amazing. When I was 12, I was playing Mumbly Peg. I don't even know what that is. When I was, so th I'm going to, I'm going to date myself like a freaking ancient dinosaur here. Like, you know, cause I'm older than dirt. 
I know I look it sometimes. Sometimes I look younger than what I am. Sometimes I look my age. But when I was in, what grade was I in? Fifth grade, I think. I think I was fifth grader. When I was in fifth grade, I was playing asteroids on Atari. As a matter of fact, that's a lie. The first game I ever played was on like an old, like big CRT tube TV that looked like it came in the freaking wood cabinet. And my dad brought home Pong, which was where it just went bloop. And there's like a little, there was like a little, you had this little bar. There's like a bar on each side and there was this line in the middle. So it looked like a little tennis court. And then you had like your, this little paddle thing on each end of the screen. So there was these little, these little things that you turned and all it was, was like this little pong ball that would go across the screen and you would hit it pink, tink. And we would play that stupid thing for hours, dude. So dumb, but man, we were amazed by that, that technology at the time. So yeah, I was playing the first game that ever come out which was Pong. And then I played, uh, I never got an Atari cause I was, my parents were poor and, uh, or my mom, I was living with my mom. She was poor. My dad wasn't about video games at all. So you're SOL there. Cause he's a rancher. You know what I mean? That's not something that kids should be doing in his eyes is playing video games. Now I'm a grown ass old ass man playing video games. But, um, anyway, um, so friends of mine had Ataris and a guy, a guy that my mom dated had a son that was my age and he was kind of well off. So his son had an Atari. So my mom moved in with him. So we all lived together. So I got an Atari by that way, by my mom living with some dude and he had a son and his son and I were almost the same age. And so I played Asteroids and Space Invaders and all of those Atari games. We would play for hours, dude. And then, uh, you know, the consoles came out. So I bought, started buying those. My wife, when I was married, started buying the Sega Genesis and uh, the Nintendo and the Nintendo 64. And I started got playing Nintendo. There was this martial arts game that me and my buddy Tom would play back in like God, the late 90s, I guess. So, uh, we played and played that. And then I'll never forget, or in 1995, my buddy, uh, my buddy, Bill Hill, who was a retiree from the coast guard, but he was working at the same place I was working at in Dallas. Uh, he had a computer and he was always telling me about his computer, about his computer. And he was, you know, in computers on the ship he worked on when he was in the coast guard. And I'll be honest with you. Like at that time in 95, dude, I was like, computers are for computers are for nerds. And so I wasn't, he was trying to get me into this computer and I was like, yeah, I don't know. Nobody knew anything about computers in 95. I didn't give a, I didn't give a, about his computer, but he was always telling me how great his computer was and all he was doing with his computer. I was like, and that they were the future. I was like, dude, ain't no damn computer, the future. Nobody had a computer at this time. And we worked at embassy suites, love field in Dallas as building engineers. 
which basically is a glorified freaking maintenance man because mostly what you're doing is unstopping freaking toilets and shit uh fixing getting people into their rooms because their key cards don't work that's your your building engineer but anyway um I was like 25. I'll never forget. Me and Bill sat there one day when Selena, the Tejano singer, was uh, shot in in Corpus Christi. So that's when this happened. That's how long ago it was. But anyway, Bill was telling me about his computer, and he was telling me about this game on the computer that was just amazing. And I was playing uh, like like a, a Nintendo with my sons and stuff. So he was trying to tell me about this computer game that was so great. And I was like, I didn't care, dude. I was like, dude, we have Nintendo. We don't need no computer to play games. And he's like, I'm going to bring my computer to work so you can see it. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't think he would ever do it. And sure enough, he got, we were evening shift engineers come to work one day. My, I got there at, I worked from three 30 to 11 the best hours. If you have to work a nine to five, dude, those for me were the best hours. Cause I would get up. I had a Porsche at the time. I would get up. I would go play golf in the morning. My wife would go to work at her job. I'd go to the golf course. I'd play golf till about noon. And then I'd go home, take a shower and then I'd go to work. And then I'd work till 11. And I'd get off. I love those hours, uh, working in a hotel in a luxury hotel. Those are great hours anyway. Uh, and we had lots of downtime about the only time the hotel was major busy was at checkout was at check-in. So people would start checking in about seven 30, seven, seven 30. And then by nine, nine 30, the hotel would be completely quiet because everybody was in their rooms, checked in, going to bed or watching TV. So basically we just had all this free time to do whatever the hell we want. Well, he brought his computer to work and we ended up playing, Drum roll, please. Oh, I wonder if I have a drum roll on this thing. I think I do. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see. Where's the drum roll at? I put all of these things on here. Oh, I have a gong. Did you did you guys hear the gong? I have all of these. I have all of these freaking sounds. Let's see. I don't see the drum roll. I swore I had one. This thing's got so many freaking, gets so many things. All of these freaking sounds that I don't have a drum roll on here. That's insane. Anyway, um, no drum roll. Nope. Anyway, um, he brought his computer to work and we ended up playing Doom all night. And his computer was like a big desktop computer. It was like a Packard Bell 486DX. And I was absolutely blown away, mesmerized when I sat down and he showed me his computer with the old CRT matching monitor. And like, you couldn't even go into a store and buy a computer. There was no such thing as a Best Buy or uh, eventually like Circuit City. I think you could buy a computer and they started up, but you couldn't even go buy a computer. So I don't even remember where he got his computer, but he was in the Coast Guard. So he was able to able to finagle a computer. So he had this brand new Packard Bell is either a Packard Bell or Hewlett Packard. And I think it was a Packard Bell uh, 486DX with an Intel chip. It was the fastest computer you could get at the time. And it was the first home computer I'd ever seen. I'd never even seen a home computer. So we sat down and he showed me this computer with the mouse and everything. And dude, I was 
mesmerized. And that thing, if I don't, if I remember correctly, it was running Windows 3.1. And shortly thereafter, Windows 95 came out. But you used to have to boot into DOS. Uh, if anybody remembers this, you'd boot into DOS and then you'd go to your C prompt once you were booted into DOS. And because Windows wasn't a standalone platform at this time. So kids don't even understand what I'm talking about. People that use computers. So basically what I'm saying is you would boot into your computer and it would be all of this writing, like the matrix. And then it would stop and there would be a C prompt. So you'd have to go to your C prompt and you would have to type in win W I N slash run. And that would run windows nine, uh, one, one windows 3.0, which became 3.1 and 3.11, I think, or whatever. And then it went to windows 95. So I immediately got on the, I was like, Oh my God, I got to have one of these. Well, you couldn't go to the store and buy one. And then they started talking because they were just getting ready to come out. This was before, right before AOL. So they were talking about the big uh, box stores, having computers uh, like Circuit City and stuff, being able to go buy one there. So I looked, I looked, I didn't look online. I was going to say I looked online. I looked, I remember where I looked at, but come to find out they were like $1,000, $1,500. And at that time, I don't remember why. I just thought that was a lot of money for a computer. I was like, oh my God, I ain't paying that much for a damn computer. And uh, I ended up moving, leaving Embassy Suites and moved over to the ITT Sheridan at uh, Central Expressway and LBJ as a building engineer, which is a lot bigger hotel. I got a really good pay raise. I hated it. Uh, I liked the hotel kind of, I loved embassy suites cause it was small enough that everybody's kind of a family. I moved over to Sheridan and it was so big. It was this big corporate conglomerate that I hated the way everything was run corporately over there, uh, which embassy suites didn't run that way. It was run more like a family, but anyway, I get, uh, over to Sheridan and as I get there, they're doing a complete swap out of their computer systems. So they have all of these dummy systems that are all over the hotel and the hotel's like 24 stories tall, which these dummy systems back in the day, I think they probably are still like that in big uh, high rise buildings and stuff. I don't know. Uh, but back in the day you would have these, you know, like if you went to the restaurant, there would be one there. If you went to the front desk, there'd be four of them on the front desk. And basically the, these dummy systems didn't have a hard drive in them. They didn't have anything in them because they just ran off of the server that we had in the basement. So that's where the hard drive and everything was, was in the server. Well, when I moved over there, the Sheraton was actually buying real computers like real Hewlett Packards or IBM. I think they were uh, IBM at the time that had hard drives and sound cards and video cards. Cause that was just taking off. So they had all of these dummy computers that they were pulling out and there was probably, I don't know, there was probably 60 of them, I guess. And they all ended up on the mezzanine. And the mezzanine was this secret floor on, and that's on the hotel that's in the floor. And it's just this storage room area that you had to have a special, you had to be an employee and a special uh, key to get there on the elevator. And you'd walk out and it was like this loft or this big open storage area. It looked like a storage room. It's a huge storage room. It looked like a, like any storage that you would walk into. And there was all of these chain link, it's like chain link cages. And uh, 
So if you like we was maintenance, so we had our own cage. Banquets had their own cage. So you had the storage area to store stuff so you didn't have to store it in your actual banquets area or our shop or whatever. So all of these stupid dummy systems ended up on the mezzanine floor. And I ended up asking, uh, putting in a request, I asked my chief engineer, I'm like, dude, all those computers on the mezzanine floor, like, uh, are they, are, are they real computers? He's like, well, I don't think they're real computers because they, they run off the server, but he goes, I, they look like real computers. I don't know. I'm not a computer guy. So I ended up getting hold the bill and I'm like, dude, we have all these computers up on the mezzanine. And I asked Bill and Bill's computer expert. He says, yeah, they're real computers. You just need a hard drive for it. You need a bit, probably a video card. Cause they're probably a, a CR or I can't remember what they were called. Monochrome. You're going to need a video card. Uh, so you can see like real graphics and you'll need a sound card uh, and a hard drive sound card. And probably they'll work. And so I put in, I asked my chief engineer and I put in a request to see if I could have one. I didn't think I'd, I thought I figured I'd get turned down. I didn't think they were going to give me a computer. And sure enough, like two days, man, they come back and said, yeah, if you want one, take it. So I actually got one of those dummy systems. I took it home and I don't even remember how I did it, but I ended up ordering, I think through bill, he gave me the numbers to the, to the manufacturers. I ended up ordering a sound blaster sound card. I ordered a, uh, I remember getting video cards and I didn't know what I needed. And they had, uh, cause back then you have monochrome. So you, all you'd see is like green writing on a black screen. That's what the computer had, uh, by default. So I needed a real, uh, graphics card so I could see like real graphics like America online and stuff like that, which had just been released. So I didn't know if I needed a VGA card or a SVGA or whatever, but I just luckily ordered the right card. And, uh, I remember the sound blaster was like $46. I remember thinking how expensive I thought, how expensive I thought that was. I ordered the video card, which I think was 20 bucks. And then the hard drive, which I think was a maybe like a 30 megabyte or something like that. And I just thought we thought that was a huge hard drive. It's so funny. And uh, anyway, long story short, I mean, it's a long story. I put that computer together and was playing Doom within a couple of days. And I just started my PC gaming career from there. So I played Doom and then uh, Duke Nukem 3D came out. So I played that. And then in 99, Unreal Tournament came out. Oh, well, actually we had Doom and then Duke Nukem 3D and then Quake. So when Quake came out, I remember my stepmom bought me Quake for Christmas. She asked me what I wanted. And Quake was $56 back in those days. So that was 96, 97. And I just remember thinking how crazy expensive a computer game was. And my stepmom bought it for me for my birthday or Christmas, Quake 1. And then I ended up buying Quake 2 and played Quake until 99 when Unreal Tournament came out. And then when Unreal Tournament came out, I and I had the same gamer tag. Uh, my gamer tag was Immortal 911 because I had a Porsche. So everybody thinks 9-11, they thought it was after 9-11, they thought it was because of like New York City. No, it's because I had a Porsche 9-11. And uh, so my gamer tag I made was Immortal 9-11 because you never die in a game. You just come back. Even if you die, you come back. Uh, so 
I played Unreal Tournament for years and got to be one of the best players in the world at Unreal Tournament because I played for hours. I think the longest I ever played was like 72 hours straight, three days. And uh, I was married at the time and my wife was none too happy about it. But anyway, I played games on PC until about 2009 or 2010 when a virus killed my IBM computer that was actually my work computer, but it was also the computer I gamed on. So I moved over to all Mac, which I have an iMac right there. So I got an iMac and a Mac Pro, and that was the end of PC for me because I didn't like the viruses that plagued PCs and the malware and all that crap. So I moved over to Mac, and I spent years on Mac until about a year and a half ago. I decided I wanted to try to play Call of Duty. And uh, now here I am on a PC. Crazy. I have a new Ryzen 9 3900X uh, that I just got that I stream on. Travman, what's going on, bro? Let's see what Travman says. Good to see you, man. Travman. Yep, I remember all that stuff. I had a 486DX2. That's what my, uh, yeah. So the dummy system that I got, Travman, I was jealous of you because I wanted a 486DX2. My dummy system, the chip on that or the processor was a 386DX with a 10 megahertz boost. So you push that turbo button and it gave you another 10 megahertz. Crazy. On the front of the case. Yep. That would just go into jumper pins on the motherboard and overclock it by 100 megahertz. Yeah, mine was only 10 on that 386DX. Dude, we are older than dirt. It's so funny, though, when people try to, when people come at me and try to school me on computer history. Like, dude, my first, my first operating system was DOS 6.0. Not 6.2 or not 6.22, 6.0 was my first operating system. They came on uh, five point, were they 5.65 inch floppy disk? That was the old real floppy floppy disk. There's like a freaking weird record, like made of like camera film. Yeah, that was my first operating system. I had six disk, I think, or three disk, three of those floppies uh, running that had DOS 6.0 on there. And then... We got DOS 6.22, which were on actual 3.5s. And then we finally got a CD that had Windows, or actually 3.55s. I had Windows 3.0 and 3.1 on those floppies. So I remember having two different, op you'd have DOS uh, 6.22 on six 3.5s. And then on four or five or six 3.5s, you'd have Windows 3.0. So if you loaded that on the computer, you'd have to load DOS and then load Windows 3.0 on top of it. And then in 95, the clouds parted and Microsoft invented uh, Windows 95, where you no longer needed DOS as your uh, bootable uh, OS. You could just get a disk and put it in your disk, which is brand new at the time, and load Windows 95 and take the disk out and reboot the computer and it would just boot up you didn't have to boot to a c prompt anymore and put in win uh slash run crazy yeah i tried man like 25 floppy disks and the craziest thing about it is back in those days the architecture wasn't very stable so it was nothing to have a working computer and it just completely crash and you'd have to go back through and format the drive and reload everything from scratch 
uh, there were 3.5s, 3.5 inch floppies, right? I think they're, yeah, 3.5 inch floppy disk. Uh, yeah, man, that's, it seems like yesterday, but it also seems like a million years ago. Anyway, guys, we still have three people in here, but that's going to do it. I guess I bored you guys to, dear, to tears. I apologize. I mean, the podcast these days, you know, I struggle a little bit with it because I can't, I love talking about controversial topics, uh, but YouTube has put a nixnay to that. So I just have to keep it pretty vanilla. Travman says, let's throw that up on the screen. Travman says, yep, laser CD auto, uh, laser, yep, and laser CD audio and laser CD burn and laser CD data, 600 megabytes, Windows 95. Yep, Windows 95. And then I remember when Windows XP came out and I was like, man, this is Windows XP. It's That was the cat's meow, dude. It runs so well. It runs so well compared to 95. Thank you, Matilda. I appreciate that. I just get off uh, just on a tangent of talking about stuff now. I can't really, you know, I can't, uh, you know, I just got to like, just kind of talk. Can't come up with any, you know, I don't even bring up, you know, who's president or any of that stuff anymore or what's going on with the current. I try and I try not to anyway. Sometimes I let my mouth run, but I try not to because, you know, the, the uh, Gestapo will shut you down really quick. The the social media mafia, mafia owners will shut you down really quick. But anyway, I, I had a good time chatting with you guys about or just rambling on about old computer stuff. But it's funny because I really actually never saw myself ever, ever, ever coming back to uh, PC. But since you're in here, Trav, man, I want you to, if you remember this with me, buddy, because you're an old computer guy like I am. So this is something that's I recently, I recently discovered. Oh, wow. My, there's supposed to be a light on right here. It's not working. Uh, I recently discovered this, not recently, but when I got my last PC, uh, back in the day, uh, I even remember like a Pentium 2, which was this big, huge CPU that I just had to have. Pentium 2 processor and then a Pentium 3 went back to like the little square processor. But the Pentium 2 was this big old card like processor that you put in your computer. Uh, but being an Intel guy and then going into Pentium and Pentium 1, Pentium 2, and uh, you know, that that was what was the basically the Bentley or the Rolls Royce of computer PCs. It was Intel. That's what it was all about. And then I can't remember, maybe Travman, you can help me. What year was it that AMD launched? Was it like 2000 or something? I don't remember when it was AMD launched, but AMD launched their processors to compete with Intel. And I remember thinking they were such a joke because when AMD first hit the market, they were so much cheaper than like an Intel because I was saving up to buy like a Pentium 2 at the time. And I think a Pentium 2 processor at that time, which I got was building a new computer. I think it was $900, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were right around $900 when they released. 
And I was so pissed because I bought a Pentium 2 processor. And then when like a week later, the Pentium 2 DX or whatever released and which was a faster processor for the same price. I was so perturbed. But anyway, um, I had a Pentium 2 and then AMD released. I remember when AMD released and all of these gamers or people that were gamers jumped right on the AMD bandwagon because you could get an AMD for like 200 bucks or whatever. Like a Pentium 2 was like 900 or you could get an AMD for 200. So all of these people jumped on the AMD bandwagon and started buying AMD processors. And then their computers literally caught on fire. The processors were running so hot and their heat sink was so bad. And some of them had no, I mean, back in those days, you didn't even have a fan. Like this computer I have now has got this huge heat sink and fan on top of it. Back in those days, you'd look into your, your computer and you could just see your processor right there. Uh, some of them didn't even have a freaking fan on top of them. And so when AMD released their first computers, they were running so hot, they were like melting components in their computers. So I just laughed and laughed and laughed at those poor AMD people that couldn't afford a pen, you know, an Intel Pentium processor because they were, you know, they got their crappy generic AMDs and, you know, their computer burned up. You know what I mean? Like, boop, sorry guys, should have got something real. You know what I mean? Should have invested in a Pentium, you know? That was my ideology. And then when I started, I have this, Alienware here that I bought actually on a secondhand market. I got it for very little money. I mean, it's, it's a good computer. It's a Pentium five. I mean, a Pentium. it's a, uh, Intel five. It's an I five processor 6,400, I believe, which is running 3.8 gigahertz or 3.6, 3.7, somewhere in there. It's not like a little slow processor. It's not an I seven though, which I would have preferred. Uh, but that's what I originally got back into PCs with. And then I bought this old Dell server with a uh, Zion processor, Xeon processor in it that I started gaming on first because I was able to just buy a graphic card, drop it in there, and I was playing Call of Duty. And then I decided to upgrade and get this Pentium used. I mean, this Alienware used. But when I started streaming gaming, it just wasn't enough. Uh, you can't do it on one computer. So you get on YouTube and these guys are using two computers. I didn't want to use two computers and I have to sync them together. I wanted one computer. So when I started looking uh, to buy, I had the money here, like to buy a real new computer. I wanted one computer I could stream on. So I was all about getting uh, the I-10 or the I-9, the I-9, the I-7 uh, 9700X or the i7 10,700 or an i9 10,900X, uh, Intel because you know AMD sucks. Wow, my camera just went crazy there. Uh, the lighting because Intel sucks, right? So I was all about, uh, you know, getting a new Intel computer because AMD is a you know crap. And then I did a little bit of research and stumbled onto this guy that's with Alpha Gaming and learned really quick that, yes, if you're just going to game an Intel i7 9700 or even an 8700 is great for just gaming. But if you want to multitask and stream, AMD is where it's at. So I ended up 
at the very last minute getting ready. I'd been ordering. I was going to order like this computer that was a uh, Intel and very last minute I changed gears and looked on the used market for a, uh, an AMD and ended up getting like a $2,500 computer for 700 bucks. A uh, brand new uh, AMD Ryzen 9 3600, which is the latest generation. If I looked at anything like a Ryzen 7 or anything, they'd be 15, 1600 bucks. I ended up getting a Ryzen 9 for $700. I'm so happy with my computer. Anyway, guys, we're almost 15 minutes past. Uh, Matilda's already bounced out. She said, have a nice weekend, everyone. Uh, Travan says, yep, that was the next computer I got was a Pentium 2 with a processor chip that went in like your memory modules. Yes, that's exactly what I was talking about, Travan. Uh, I used to use dryer vent hoses and air ducting connections to the window air conditioner blowing into my computer tower <laughs> case back in 97. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I remember my last good before I bought went with Dell. I had a Sony Vio that was like this off purple color. Man, that computer was such a nice computer back in the day. And I think it was $2,200. I never told my wife how much I paid for it. I think it was $2,200 or something like that. It came with a TV graphics card in it. So you could literally watch picture in picture. You could be on the computer and have a little picture or a little, this little screen up there watching TV at the same time. It was amazing. And I used that computer for several years until I just luckily was on eBay one day and there was this brand new Dell Inspiron in the box. Everything was there, dude. And it was like, I don't know, I think, I think it was like bid up to like $260, $260 or something like that. When like, if you went down to like, if you went down to like Circuit City or Best Buy or something like that, you can get a computer for less than eight or nine hundred dollars back in those days. And I got on and I was just searching eBay and that uh, Dell popped up brand new in the box from Dell, which I was in Dallas and Dell's in Austin. So I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. And nobody had bid on it. Not one person zero bids. And I think it started at, I want to say maybe it started like at 250 or $60 is what the bid started for. And I was like, and so I immediately went to the website and pulled that Dell Esperon up on, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it, it's Esperon, Esperon, whatever it is. I pulled it up on the Dell website because you could order direct from Dell. So I went right to Dell to pull it up. It was $899. And there was one on eBay for 250, I think it's $256 starting bid. And it only had like four hours left. <coughs> Excuse me. It was a six day auction. It had four hours left. It was brand new in the box and nobody had bid on it. And I think because it didn't come with a monitor, it was just the computer, just the PC. But I was like, man, that's crazy. And so I waited. I waited and waited and waited and waited. And it was like six o'clock in the afternoon on like a Saturday or Sunday. And my wife was yelling me to go mow the grass or take out the trash. Or she was so upset with me because I was just sitting there watching the computer, waiting on the stupid computer. Uh, the computer I had, the one that I built or the Sony, the old Sony I had, I'm sorry, it's the Sony seeing if I could get this brand new Dell computer. And sure enough, dude, I bid within like the last minute and ended up getting that computer for like 260 bucks. And I used that computer from like 2002 
to 2010 is how long that freaking computer lasted me. Uh, Travman says, I wanted that Sony Vio. It had the mini disc player and the data burner. Yes, sir. It was a, I think it was the first one that had the data burner. And the case was so weird because it had this slide thing on the front of it. So you pushed in and slid down and it, it showed that your uh, CD burner, your CD burner back at the time. Uh, and then all of your, your 3.5, which you still had at that time. But if you slid that, that thing up, the whole case looked like there was no drive or anything. It looked like it was one conglomerate thing. It was a really nice computer. I had the TV tuner, ATI, all wonder pro back up yep, in 95. Yep. And now that's not even a thing. That was a big thing if you had like a TV tuner card in your computer. And that Sony Vio came with a TV tuner. And uh, that Sony Vio was an amazing computer. Like you could hook up RCA uh, if you wanted to do music. You could hook, hook up like a stereo to it. It was really, really advanced for its time. But they built that Sony, uh, which was funny because they built it to compete with the uh, Apple iMac maybe the first that bubble iMac that they had the weird one that had like olive green and there's a purple one and an orange one uh, I thought they were pretty hokey looking back in the day anyway guys 17 past uh, man I try to get this thing to an hour I still have to get off here and upload this to red circle to uh, do the uh, audio only version so Trav man great seeing you buddy uh, are you still on Facebook for you guys I'm not on Facebook much anymore at all. I'll go on there and post something, but if you really want to keep up with me and kind of probably the, the best place to keep up with me now is either on green room or um, is either on green room or on Instagram's stories. I post on there and you can message me on Instagram. I usually see those, but like if you're messaging me on Facebook, I never see that. Peace and positive vibrations, random nomad. Uh, I'm going to email you, dude. Uh, try to remember here to email you immediately to uh, send you that. I want to send you the, uh, I want to send you the uh, tracking information on that headset I sent you. I'm such a, I, I do a lot of stuff and then some stuff I'm horrible at. So here's a perfect example. I worked on a, midi, a music video for the music artist Khalid uh, and this other girl named Tate McRae uh, about two and a half weeks ago, right? So it was a, it's a, it's a music video, but it wasn't, it's a, it's a high end music video, but it wasn't union. So if you work in a music video and it's not union or even an indie film or a commercial, and if it's not a union production, you're like your own business. You're your own contractor, right? So you have to invoice the company, which is something I despise doing. If I work like on a union production, then all you do is fill out the start work. You fill out your W-9s and you fill out the start work, and then they send you a check in the mail. It's just, you just get it. You don't even have to do, worry about it. But if you work on a, like an indie production, you have to sit down like a business, like I used to do with my photography and invoice, send out your invoices. I worked on that video like two weeks ago and the producer was, he's been, he's been haggling me for like the last two days. Rav, 
I got to get you paid, man. Everybody's been paid like the first Friday we wrapped. I got to get you paid. It's still on my books. Will you please send me a W-9 or a, or an invoice so I can get you paid? He texted me last night. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Woke up this morning. He said, and first thing this morning, I woke up and I had a text from him. He's like, dude, if you don't give me the thing today, I can't get you paid today. I need to get you paid today. Send me a W-9 and invoice me, please. I was like, yeah, 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 I'll do it. And then, but I actually got it done today. Thank God. But this guy's been hounding me to get me paid. I need the money, but I'm too freaking lazy to send in an invoice. I don't know what's wrong with me these days. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Matilda, Travman, Random Nomad, uh, anybody that tuned in, hopefully I didn't miss anybody. Thanks so much for hanging out with me, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a beautiful, blessed weekend. Uh, if everything goes right, we'll see you back here Monday, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I will be streaming tonight, uh, probably here in an hour or so. I've got to upload the audio version of this to Red Circle for the regular audio version of the podcast. But if you want to come hang out with me while I'm gaming, I will be on Twitch probably in an hour or two. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're following me on Twitch, you might uh, see it get a notification because I'll be streaming... I think I may stream. I'm probably going to stream the brand new update for Warzone because I want to get the trailer and everything. That's why I haven't played Warzone in two or three days because I want to have the trailer and everything for the brand new season of season four. So if you want to come hang out with me as I'm playing games, feel free to look me up on Twitch at American Nomad. Correct. I don't know if you guys can hear me. I screwed that up. But there's a, there's a link to my Twitch channel if you want to follow me on Twitch. I always forget. I can't get out of here without getting out. It takes me out of the, the broadcast. But anyway, have a blessed weekend, guys. And remember, keep looking up because that's where it all is. Peace.